You listen to this podcast because you're investing in your child's future success. Don't forget to begin investing for your future as well. That's why I'm excited that today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing. And you don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. You can get started with your spare change. Saving and investing is one of the best habits you can model for your kids. So head to acorns.com calm or download the Acorns app to start in saving and investing for your future today. Paid non-client endorsement may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com calm. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC, Acorns, is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC, member FINRASIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Hey, it's springtime, and that means pollen and allergies for many of us. That's why we have our Air Doctor air purifier running right now. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air. Indoor air pollutants can cause sneezing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. That's why we rely on our Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code CALM and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Our podcast listeners also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code CALM. So here's a very common email that we get. My husband and I have been arguing almost every night about how to get our son to listen better. His school, after-school program, are emailing us about how he's having trouble listening. We've even seen at soccer practice, he was distracted, not listening to the coach, doing his own thing on the field. And I know he's not doing it out of disobedience. He's just absorbed in his own world. He's daydreaming. And I'm feeling like a big failure as a mom that I'm not able to get him to overcome this. So can you relate to that? I bet you can, because we've all been there, right? As we all can relate, because raising strong-willed kids is really, really challenging. So, on this special Mother's Day edition of the Calm Parenting Podcast, I want to give you both practical ways to help your kids focus better and, at the same time, reassure you why this isn't even that important for younger kids. So welcome. This is Kirk Martin. I'm founder of Celebrate Calm. You can find us at CelebrateCalm.com. If you need help, reach out to our son, Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, at CelebrateCalm.com. This is the kid. This this mom's email could have been Casey's mom's email, our email to someone back then, because he didn't listen well. He had trouble at school all the time. Why do you think I got into this field? It was to try to get Casey, keep Casey from getting kicked out of different schools for different things, right? And soccer, I remember him being, they put him in goal, playing soccer. 
because that's what I did when I was a kid, right? And I look, he's not even watching the game. He was in the net, playing with the net, looking at other kids behind him, right? So this, so if you, if you ever contact Casey, right, you'll know he gets this because he was your kid. He wasn't a great listener as a little kid, but I guarantee if you email or call him, you will feel very heard and he's totally engaged. So I'm going to break this up into pieces and address different things that this really great mom said, right? First, a couple things. What in, th- in this case, this child is five, and I would say this applies to kids of almost all ages, but I'm going to skew this podcast to kids under the ages, under the age of seven. But still, I think it's going to apply in a lot of different ways if you have eight, nine, ten, even uh, eight-year-olds or even teenagers. So, mom, you're not alone. You're not doing anything wrong. And I want to repeat this. Mom, in this case, you are not alone. You are not doing anything wrong, but neither is your son. And I'm going to get to that. Your son's being a normal five-year-old child. And you're a good mom. So let's get rid of that guilt stuff, all right? So let me start by giving you some tools to help your kids listen better and accomplish tasks. But here's a big caveat, and I mean this. I don't even think that's very important at all, right? But you asked, so here goes. Few ideas for younger kids. Little kids, even older kids, respond a lot to energy. So controlling yours is extremely important. When you say no, use an even matter-of-fact tone with no emotion. Always discipline, which means to teach, with no emotion. But then you give your emotion, your enthusiasm to leading, to transitions, to what they can do. Remember this, whenever you say no to something inappropriate, always say yes to something appropriate. If you have little kids, they're going to get into stuff and your whole day is going to be like, stop that, take that out of your mouth, don't put that there, don't do this, don't, 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 don't. Strong-willed kids are very bright kids. They have a lot of intellectual, mental, emotional energy. And so you have to get them doing things, not just don't do that. I'll give you an example. So uh, Casey's little, I walk in to the living room. He's jumping on the sofa, right? It's like, we just bought the sofa and you want to go in there and lecture, right? And get all over them about there's, there's springs on the sofa and you can't do this. Instead, I walk in and said, hey, jumping on the sofa, not happening in my home. But I love your energy. Listen, if you want to come help me stir the soup, if you want to come help me walk the dog, you want to come help me uh, build this really cool spaceship with Legos, man, I could really use your help. So watch the process. I'm going to say no to jumping on the sofa. I'm not going to be like, hey, buddy, you know what? There's springs on the sofa. We don't jump on the sofa. No, I'm not doing that at all because that sounds weak and condescending. It sounds patronizing to, to strong-willed kids, right? So when I, And I'm not going to explain things as if he's going to say, oh, Dad, I didn't realize there were springs on the sofa and that you spent so many thousand dollars on this. I'll stop right now. It's not going to happen. So when I say no, hey, jumping on the sofa, not happening in my home. I like short, sweet, to the point, no long explanation. He already knows he's not supposed to do that. And watch where the transition is. But I love your energy. I try to point out the positives. Did I really love his energy? No, your kids are exhausting. But that's a key part of who they are, and I want to use that. So what's the transition? Man, I could use that energy. You want to help me with A, B, C. I've been to a lot of workshops. We talk to people at live events all the time, and I get this one a lot. How many of your kids love shoveling mulch? You'll be surprised how many kids love 
shoveling mulch. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But now I can give him a job to do as something he can do, right? So let's give intensity, not to what the kids are doing wrong, but to what they can do. With younger kids, make it intense, make it a challenge. Part of the, the, the uh, uh, hard thing with strong-willed kids is they're very bright and they just get bored. And if something's too easy, they won't do it. Now, I know a lot of you are like, I like the easy tasks. They don't. It's, so I make it a challenge, but you can't, put, you can't put your shoes on the wrong foot and get downstairs in the next 38 seconds. Why is that a challenge? Because there's a greater chance that your child's going to fall down and crack their heads open running down the stairs. Now, I'm kind of joking, but the, but the reality is it stimulates their brain, and it's a challenge, and it's different. It's a little bit odd. They like to do things a different way. One of my favorite phrases, hey, bet you can't do X. Sometimes I make it a competition. Now, don't make it a competition of which they can't win or do it well because now you're going to have a meltdown for the next three hours. One of my favorites, this is really cool. Hey, don't tell your mom, but, right, or don't tell your dad. Now, look, I'm not teaching kids to be subversive and subvert their parents' authority. It's just a fun thing. As soon as you say, hey, don't tell your dad, but here's what we're going to do, right, you're making it fun. Don't be afraid to make things fun when kids are little. Getting them to brush their teeth. I know they need to brush their teeth because it's good for their dental hygiene. I get all that. But it's a little kid, right? And so sometimes dad can come and say, hey, guess what we're going to do every night? We're going to have a contest. We're both going to brush our teeth out on the deck, and then we're going to see how much toothpaste we can spit off the deck onto the ground. It makes it fun. It's interesting. Create successes. Start the day with a win. You know I love treasure hunts, and I love mixing this with some kind of obstacle course in the basement in the backyard, something your kids have to crawl through, crawl under, climb over, push, pull. It's really good for their bodies. It's really good for their brains. So I wake them up and say, hey, guess where I hid your breakfast this morning? Guess where I hid your favorite toy? And now you get them on a mission. Instead of waking up, hey, do the five things you least want to do early in the morning, it's, hey, I got a challenge for you. They get out of bed. They won't even get dressed. They'll run outside even in cold weather and do this. Okay, use it with wisdom, obviously. So, but now they're accomplishing a mission and you get to start the day with, hey, good job doing that. And they just accomplished a task, something they're not always great at doing for you. Um, give your kids sensory things to manipulate. It just helps. Um, little kids don't always hear you because they're caught up in their own world, as they should be. I'll get to this a little bit later. But they're curious. They're focused on what they're curious about, so they tune everything else out. So to cut through the clutter, sometimes I use nonverbals. Moms and dads, most of us had parents who used very few words with us. We are around our kids now all the time. So the more words you use, the less valuable they become. So I use a lot of nonverbals with strong-willed kids like music, flicking the lights on and off, right? I can also say this, hey, that's really cool what you're doing. Why do you like that so much? And I engage them where they are. And I can listen for 30 seconds and then transition with some energy to, oh, here's what I could use some help with now if you want to be more grown up, right? I like appealing to giving them more adult type jobs to do. I don't care if they're five. Give them something that a nine-year-old does, that a 12-year-old does, right? Remember to give them, get them to stop doing things by giving them activities to do. Hey, you're really good at doing X. Could you help me do X, right? Let's try to turn some of these common situations into successes. So remember that whenever you say no, you have to say yes. So instead of just saying, hey, don't ride your, ride your bike fast, 
right? Which is like telling me not to eat that brownie that's sitting over there. Can we create an acceptable challenge to give your child with his bike, let them push the boundaries as kids are supposed to do, but still remain within an acceptable boundary, right? Make things as challenge to stimulate their little brains. Give it a time limit. Do the task backwards or blindfolded. Bet you can't do. Remember that? That's a really cool one. Now, if your kids don't do well with time limits, don't do time limits, okay? Use wisdom with this. I drink a gallon of water a day because we're active and live at high elevation. I don't always trust tap water, and I don't like the waste associated with plastic bottles. That's why I was thrilled when we discovered the AquaTrue water purifier. AquaTrue purifiers remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. I love that our water tastes fantastic, and we don't worry about harmful PFAS, chlorine, or other contaminants. We also love the convenience. AquaTrue countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing, and the filters last from six months to two years. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code CALM at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use promo code C-A-L-M. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, most of our kids have sensory needs, so have them do a lot of physical activities, right? That's the whole idea of the obstacle course. When they get upset and physical, I like to give them something physical to do in that moment. And final one I'm going to mention is giving kids ownership of their choices. I think you have to master this one. I, I'm going to ask you to listen to the Strong-Willed Child program that's part of the Calm Parenting program or the Get Everything program to learn how to do this. In essence, you're saying this, hey, here's what I want accomplished. I just don't care how you get it done. Again, within my larger boundaries, I don't care how you get this done. You want to do it some weird way, some odd way? Go for it. And you give them ownership of their choices so they get to do it in an odd way, in a weird way, in a creative way. It's extremely important to understand your strong-willed kids, so please listen to that program. Number two, with that said, here's what I really wanted to talk to you about in this podcast and what I want you to focus on. So we're going to break this down step by step with the mom had written. My husband and I have been arguing almost every night about how to get our five-year-old to listen better. My response, your goal at this age is not to get him to listen better. It's to encourage his curiosity and his imagination and not put limits on his thinking. I don't think there's a problem here at all. If anything, it is our expectations and goals that are completely misguided, right? The more concerning email to me would be, we're struggling to get our five-year-old to play and have fun and be curious and explore and use his imagination and make messes and try new things. He just colors within the lines and he obeys without ever questioning anything. I'm concerned he won't be a very good thinker or problem solver when he grows up. Now that 
that would concern me. But having a four, five, six, seven-year-old who's not great at listening, that doesn't concern me at all. But he, because look, here's what I'm hearing. We have a young child with a great imagination who gets curious about things that excite him. He, he then pursues his curiosity and tunes everything else out, which by the way, is a great form of hyper-focusing. It's a really helpful trait for entrepreneurs and really highly effective people, right? Our son thinks through things. He tinkers with mechanical objects. He's got a vivid imagination. He makes up stories he's develop and he's developing all this by daydreaming. Yes, sometimes he doesn't hear us, but he's only five. And we'd rather have him be a curious explorer right now. See, that's what I'm hearing. And I'm like, you're not doing anything wrong at all, mom. You're doing a great job, right? Here's the thing. Your child's five. Let me see. Your child's four, five. Your child's six. He's seven. The job description of a five, six, seven-year-old is not to be productive and efficient. And I can hear every dad listening saying, well, if he can't learn to follow directions, how's he ever going to be responsible in life? I understand your concerns, but now I'm going to dismiss them 100%. That's your own anxiety causing you to project out into the future. You're looking at a basically a toddler, a young developing child, and projecting out and thinking he's going to be like this when he's 27 or 35. It just doesn't work that way, right? Their job is not to be a little version of you. Their job is to be... I did this with a dad on a phone consultation once because he's getting all upset. I got that. I'm a dad, right? I want that from age of two. I want some self-discipline built. I get that. But I said, dad, here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to write a job description for a five-year-old. And this is what he came back with. Their job is to be curious and make messes and daydream and create and live inside their imagination and play make-believe and ruin your agenda as a parent and frustrate you because they aren't little type A freaks like you and I are, right? Now, here's a warning. And look, I, I, I'll just say it. If you don't chill out and change your expectations and control your anxiety, I promise you this is what's going to happen. This child is going to grow up feeling like a bad kid, maybe like a stupid kid, like he can never please you. And you will be perpetually frustrated with this child and he will feel that down to his core. And eventually he's going to internalize it. My parents are never happy with me. And I promise that will hurt him deeply. It will fracture your relationship. And that can last a really long time. You don't want that. And I don't want that. I see it on the back end when kids get older. And I see it happening when kids are young in this process. And dad's like, and mom are like, well, he just needs to go with the program. I'm like, he's five. Right? Let's build, create successes, all the stuff I talked about before. Okay, number three. His school and aftercare program are emailing us about how he is having trouble listening. Of course they are. And of course he's having trouble listening because he's caught up in a more interesting world inside of his brain than the world that's going on at the school. And I understand we do a lot of training of teachers in schools and after-school programs and preschool programs. We do all that training, and I try to get the teachers to say, look, give them specific jobs to give them missions. And I know how hard it is to run a classroom, right? But just think in a classroom, I've got 20 kids I'm trying to manage. I just got to round them up, right, and keep them moving just to keep my sanity, right? Like, that's hard. But schools also ask our kids to do a lot of arbitrary tasks that simply don't matter right now, 
right? We shouldn't force kids to do arbitrary things just to make our lives easier, right? So share with your school the ideas that we shared before and in our programs and other podcasts, right? To give them challenges, missions, great successes, affirm when they do follow through, get your kids to be the leader, but also ask the school, like, please be flexible. My kid's five, because I can guarantee you with a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, preschool, first grade, you're going to get calls from the school. You are. Your daughter can't sit still. She gets up and walks around. She doesn't listen to it. It's just going to happen. But I don't want you, and I'm going to say it this way, do not rob your kids of their childhood and their innocence by forcing them to conform to arbitrary standards at such a young age. Look, we largely didn't have to do that. We had a lot of ownership of our lives and a lot of freedom. We were allowed to be kids, right? And I can hear people saying, but kids have to eventually follow directions and listen to be successful. And I'll respond with two thoughts. One, eventually, yes, perhaps, but not at age five or six or seven. They're supposed to be in their own world. That's what you want, right? And so, so why do they have to do that at that age? And then my second response is, because I am strong-willed and a little bit oppositional, no. Actually, you don't have to learn to always follow directions. The reason we have this, this organization, I do this the way I do, is because I didn't follow the directions. And I don't like doing it the way other people do it. That's why I don't have bumper music on our podcast and I don't have it all edited. I don't have a co-host that we talk about meaningless things for the first three minutes that you hate. I jump right into it. Why? This is the way I like to listen to a podcast. So I do it that way, right? You can live by your own rules and many of your kids do and life will be harder for them in certain ways. I do things the hard way. I am a stove toucher. I learn best that way, and I'd rather touch the hot stove and do it my way than have to do it the way someone else did that. And so I want you to give your kids some space to figure that out, but not at age five. You don't have to follow directions perfectly, not just to make your parents' life easier, right? Does that make sense? So I'd ask you, control your own anxiety over your child's future. This is what you want right now. It's age appropriate. Don't crush this child's spirit because of societal pressure and arbitrary standards. Don't put your child in a box and make him be like five-year-old, other five-year-olds. And I would uh, uh, ask you to please not compare, right? Comparing your child to other five-year-olds is a death trap. Besides, whose standards are you losing to compare them? So when your other friends are like, oh, my son is so obedient. He always listens and follows directions. I'd respond, Oh yeah, I've got a five-year-old son who loves to think and explore. He's curious. He tinkers with things. He's always trying to figure out how things work. And he's got this great imagination in this big world, wide world that he inhabits in his brain. And he makes up stories and he plays and he never stops talking about. I can't wait to see what he creates or invents or what problems he solves one day. See, that's what I want you to be able to say to your friends and to other people, right? Does that make sense? Control your own anxiety. Number four, well, we saw this live as a so at his soccer practice. He was distracted. He wasn't listening to the coach. He was doing his own thing on the field. Now, I'm not being mean to you, mom, who emailed in. I've actually, I'm very proud of you. You've done a great job with your kids. I'm trying to reassure you. And I'm not blaming you here, but I'm going to broaden this to all of us. Let me ask this to you. What did you expect? You signed a five-year-old up to go to an organized practice with coaches talking and talking and talking and showing 
and expecting kids after a full day at school to somehow be patient and follow directions and wait for a turn to kick the ball and do it in an orderly way. Why? Listen, why didn't we have these problems as kids? Because we weren't forced into these situations. When we were five, what did we do? We went outside and kicked the ball around with our friends. As we grew up, we made up our own games, our own rules. We didn't have to stand in line waiting for our turn to kick the ball and get yelled at by some adults because we're not doing it the right way. We didn't have to just stand there, right? We ran, we fell, we played. And I really want to emphasize this because there's a lot of research on this. That's how kids learn best, not by sitting in a chair and having someone lecture them and show them something on a board. Little kids especially learn best by actually playing. You play with friends and learn how to dribble and pass and shoot by doing it without it being so forced and mechanical. That's why we were such good athletes as kids. We played with our friends, and some of them were taller or bigger or faster or better, and we eventually learned how to get better because we played endlessly. We didn't practice endlessly. We played endlessly every day after school in the backyard in the neighborhood, not because some adult was there trying to teach us. And I'd ask you to be aware of this trap, modern-day parents. It's like we're trying to professionalize childhood. Right? If we just get enough professionals and adults teaching our child how to do every single thing that they're doing, right, from piano practice, instead of letting your child practice and feel the music, right? And do, I'm not saying you shouldn't have lessons. I'm just saying we're trying to professionalize everything. And in doing so, we're robbing them of their childhood. We're trying to make them like little adults. And they're four and five and six and 12 and 14. Now everything's organized. There's a class with an instructor and a practice and there's drills. And we think if we hire enough professionals, our child will somehow be advanced or get ahead. And we're substituting all this structure over creativity and learning by doing and playing. Instead, well, our kids can't play outside. Yes, they can, but you're gonna have to initiate it. Call some other moms and dads. Invite them to your backyard. Throw a ball out in the yard. Let the kids learn how to play by playing. Let them fight over it too. That's also how we learned, right? Why are you wasting all that money on practice and lessons for a four, five, six, seven-year-old? Because all they do, really, like in soccer, I know how it works. They stand in a clump, don't they? You put 10 kids, look what they do in a soccer game of a five-year-old. They all, there's 10 kids all in a clump, kicking at the ball, basically kicking each other and never really doing anything. And then there's all these adults and a coach on the sideline yelling at them and to them, and it's chaos. Stop that, seriously. Be the brave parent who says, hey, other mom, you want to bring your kid over one day and just let our kids play in the backyard together? I guarantee there are a lot of other parents who don't want to be pressured into the modern way. You'll save a ton, ton of money, gas, time, and wasted energy and your child feeling a failure. You got to learn how to practice. No, they don't. Let them play. Just have play dates. You and the other mom or dad, you can sit and have a glass of wine or iced tea while the kids are doing what they're supposed to do. Run around and get dirty. Number five, 
I know he's not doing it out of disobedience. He's just absorbed in his own world daydreaming. Mom, thank you for that recognition. Parents, please stop misinterpreting everything as disobedience and rebellion. Let your kids be kids again. Stop imposing your own adult world on little kids. I want to free you from that. I want to liberate you from that. I want you to be able to enjoy your kid's childhood so they can enjoy it and so you can enjoy them. Take all that pressure off of them. Take that pressure off of yourself. It's so hard. You're laboring under such burdens, moms and dads. Well, I've got to teach them every minute of every day how to do this and get better. Let them be kids. Learn to be a kid yourself again and enjoy running around. Say no to some of that other stuff and just play, right? Here's what I want you to know about daydreaming. Daydreaming is the sign of a very bright child with a good imagination. I want to encourage that. How do you think people invent new products and services that revolutionize our lives? How do you think problem solving happens? Who do you think writes all those great books and screenplays for movies and songs that move you? It's daydreamers and thinkers not sitting in a room, hey, in the next 60 minutes, you're going to come up with a great idea. They're daydreamers. They're thinkers. We need people doing this. Now, here's a great way to engage a child who's daydreaming or lost in his thoughts. Do this. Ask with great curiosity. Hey, where did you just go inside your head and inside your heart? I bet it was somewhere fascinating. And then listen to what your child tells you about. It's a fantastic way to understand what motivates your child, what energizes him, what animates her thinking. See, it's a gift, right? Because now your child's going to tell you what they're thinking about instead of, you know what, stop that daydreaming and do some arbitrary task that I just asked you to do, right? That's kind of what we're saying. And you can also use this to get your child on task when necessary. Hey, while we do X, why don't you tell me about what just happened next in your make-believe world? Enter into their world. Stop trying to pull them into your world and enter into their world and lead them, right? Or maybe you take a character from the story that your child's creating and ask, hey, how do you think Charlie the chipmunk would like to brush his teeth at bedtime, right? I, I want a creative problem solver with a good imagination who knows how to think, not just a kid who takes orders from other people. Look, your kid's gonna, they're gonna be, eventually be a better listener, but they're probably always gonna struggle in this area a little bit Right? I just don't put as much importance on this trait as other people do because I think there are more important traits. And you can't be good at everything. Right? Number six, and you can hear this, moms, all of you, I'm feeling like a big failure as a mom that I'm not able to get him to overcome this. And my message, especially on Mother's Day, is you're not a failure as a mom. You're doing a great job as a mom. Right? You're, you're, right? You're, there's nothing to overcome, mom. He's doing as he should at this age. You're not doing anything wrong and neither is your son. It's your expectations of yourself and your son that are way off. It is the school and aftercare and society and other parents who have the wrong priorities and expectations. You're a great mom. You're not a failure. In fact, you're an exceptional mom because you have created an environment in which your son loves to explore and use his imagination and daydream and think and be creative. You've fostered that. Mom, you're a great mom. You're doing the right thing now. Don't mess it up by trying to give in to what everybody else is doing. And men like me, don't come in and ruin this and demand that your little kids become some little blind obedient servant to your arbitrary whims. 
Yeah. I, look, in our programs, we teach kids how to become independent, how to take care of themselves and be responsible for themselves. And, and, and we do that by, by, look, a lot of that is the ownership piece and the internal motivation, right? Using the tools we mentioned up front. But watch this obsession with getting kids to follow directions and just be obedient. Look, guess why many of you are in an unfulfilling marriage or relationship? Because when you were young, here's what you learned. You learned that the only way you could get your parents' attention or acceptance or that pat on the head that you needed so badly was by doing whatever they told you to do obediently and never speaking up. And you learned very quickly that if I have my own thoughts, my parents will not be happy with me and perhaps worse. But if I just follow directions and never cause a fuss, they'll be happy with and accept me. So guess what you did? You grew up, you continued that same pattern and you became the people pleaser who married the controlling spouse for whom you have now become again the obedient child. Because I guarantee many of you, you don't speak up for yourselves because you're afraid of being dismissed, right? You're being afraid of being corrected by your spouse. I see it on Facebook every single day and it almost makes me cry because I see moms reposting uh, 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 to their husband one of our messages and inside there's this subtle thing. Will you please listen? Will you please listen? Because we need help with this because I'm tired of managing the kids' emotions and your emotions and I need some help. Will you please listen to this? But you're afraid to bring these issues up with your spouse. Why? Because he'll dismiss you right? And he won't be happy with you. And so it's just easier, right? Does that, does that make sense? When you, think, when you think the right way or do what is expected, then your spouse is happy with you. I don't want your kids, and there's no blame and guilt with you in that, right? You did what you were supposed to do when you were a kid. You did the best that you could when you were a little girl or a little boy. You did what was important because you needed your parents' affirmation. But now you're a grown adult and you can break that pattern. And that's what I want to do because this is what we're after, right? We're after this, raising a child. This is what we finally came to with Casey was this. I'm not that interested in grades. I'm not that interested in always doing exactly what the teacher asked him to do when he was little, right? I remember the uh, second grade, the uh, books, the books on the approved reading list. None of them were interesting to a boy his age or to Casey. So I went in and I said, teacher, I appreciate you. You love my child and want my child to learn. And we both have the same goal is to raise a curious child who loves to learn. My son doesn't like any of those books. Would you mind if we read different books that were even on a higher grade level because he can't do that because he's motivated. And some teachers would say, absolutely, go for it. And I was like, awesome, thank you. And some teachers said, well, if he doesn't read the books on the approved list, I'm gonna have to mark his grade down. And I remember saying, I'm okay with a lower grade. I'm not interested in arbitrary grades. I'm interested in raising a curious child who loves to learn because that's what we're after. You're the parents, you have choices to make. And I want you to be that protector. You have to protect your child from arbitrary standards that other people impose on them and that you're probably already imposing on them a little bit, right? So we're gonna scale back from that and, and determine what's really important. So you're gonna protect your child from that. And you're also, right, from anything that crushes their spirits. And you're going to nurture their spirit, that creativity, their imagination, all those things that we've talked about. Do that. Hey, this is Kirk. This is the next day, actually. I'm editing for the first time one of our podcasts because I heard back from the mom. So this mom had written in, I recorded this podcast. I actually, before I released it, I sent it to her. 
And this morning I woke up to this awesome email and I wanted to share a quick story with you of how she actually used this. The first thing she said is, yeah, it's my fear and anxiety that we've been dumping on this little kid, right? Like he loves to ride his bike and sing and dance. He's way ahead of his classmates and reading, but we keep, right? We keep kind of forcing him to do all these other things because that's what's expected. And she said, now I need to learn how to trust my gut. Moms, trust your instincts on this. You know in your heart. I just want to encourage you to do this. So here's something really cool this mom did. She said, uh, you know, because we talked at the beginning of this podcast about giving your kids tools, and that's what we love doing. So she said this morning, uh, uh, he had gotten up late, and we barely had 30 minutes to get ready, and I was feeling my stress levels rise, right? You know what that's like, right? And what do we normally do? God, yeah, come on, you got to get up, get your clothes on. And we start rushing our kids and they tend to go more slowly. And she said, I decided not to give into it. And instead, I pretended that I was a news reporter. So when my son came into the kitchen, I said, and in the news this morning is a kid who's about to show us how he can get ready for school in 30 minutes. Are you up for a challenge? And then she said, I presented my fake mic to him and asked him that. And he giggled and said, yes. And guess what happened, moms and dads? He was dressed, had breakfast, and was ready in 20 minutes, which is record time. And here's what we learned by, from this. We didn't control the child's behavior. What this mom did courageously and very wisely is she controlled her own anxiety. She switched this situation around from, why did you sleep in late? Now we're in a hurry. Now we're going to be late. Now we're in a hurry, right? And we sabotage ourselves all the time. And instead, this mom controlled her own anxiety. She turned it into something fun. She made it a challenge. And her son stepped up. And guess, look, this is the practical side of that. Two days ago, it would have been, get ready, come on, you're late. You gotta hurry. And then maybe a kid with a little bit of anxiety would be crying in the car. And then the whole ride to, to school is miserable. The child shows up for school and he's been rushed and hurried and doesn't feel good about himself. And the day's kind of off to a bad start. And just by controlling herself and having that presence of mind, and that's why I encourage you, we've got a big Mother's Day sale. Listen to the programs. They're right on an easy app, right? You listen right on your phone while you're doing stuff during the day. Do it while you're at the office. Your boss isn't going to know what you're listening to, right? Do it while you're, right? It'd probably, probably help you with your, actual, uh, with your actual work by just controlling yourself and your own anxiety instead of all of your uh, coworkers. But listen when you're riding in the car. Let your kids hear it. I guarantee you. I, look, I'll give you a challenge. Let a five-year-old listen to this podcast even. Listen to the programs on the app. And I guarantee they'll learn about their brain. They'll be like, Mom, yeah. It'll work much better if we do it that way. Start making things a challenge. I'm up for that. Like, let them listen. Let your kids, let your teenagers listen to, you know, we've got the one that Casey recorded for kids. That's included in the package. Let your kids listen to that one because it's a kid talking to a kid anyway. I'm so proud of this mom, proud of all the moms out there who work really hard at this. It's such a hard job. And just by controlling yourself and, and really enjoying your child, this mom enjoyed her son this morning. And look what happened. So if you need help, just let us know. That's what we're here for. Reach out to Casey at CelebrateCalm.com. Uh, take advantage of the Mother's uh, Day sale. It's on all of our products on the website. If we can help you in any way, uh, just let us know. And hopefully this editing job went okay. But don't count on it. I'm going to continue to make these imperfect because I'm still practicing imperfection, so I'm not a freak anymore. 
Anyway, hey, love you all. Bye-bye.